Hello, and welcome to Filmmates. I'm Leaf. And I'm JJ. Here at Filmmates, we make use of both our film degrees and our real-life industry experience to analyze popular movies and shows on a more technical level. So, today we're doing Spy Kids 2, which is a film I watched so much that I accidentally broke the DVD of because I watched it so many times growing up. I have a lot of nostalgia for it. And I absolutely ruined my childhood doing this. Yeah, so, uh, whereas last week, uh, we discovered that, uh, Spy Kids, the first movie, held up quite well, uh, we discovered quite the opposite for Spy Kids, too. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, it's quite obvious that they rushed the story a bit. Yeah, yeah, okay, 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 so, for context... uh, Like, the first movie was released in 2001. The second movie was released in 2002. One year is, like, no time to do a movie in. Yeah, it's very... It's odd that they would even get through the complete, like, shooting and editing process, let alone also writing it. So he might have started writing while he was doing the other film, but it's... That's still not a lot of time. Yeah, yeah, like, and and also with all the special effects work they have to do, they have to count in render times. And this was back in the early 2000s, so render times were much longer. Computers could process much less. And this film has, in my opinion, a lot more special, like, CGI. Like, a lot more. A lot more CGI than the last film. So it's, uh... Story, story um, is what suffered the most, in my opinion, yes. for this film, because there's just, a lot of parts of it don't make sense. Oh, that, this film just, okay, I, I'm looking you at have my to notes. Suspend, so the last film, you had to suspend some disbelief. This film, you have to suspend all disbelief of reality. Like, la- the Spy Kids 1 had Understanding child's Understanding human logic. behavior. A child's logic. This film just doesn't have logic, period. Even as a child, I'd probably be like, wait, what the fuck? Except I didn't use that sort of language when I was a child. Like, like there are times <laughs> where I'm like, you didn't use that language as a college freshman. No, you're, you're right, I didn't. I went to film school and I started swearing like a sailor. Um, as you should. As I should. But it did have some gem moments, I it will tell you. It did have some um, good moments. Um, it, did have, it, it did have its good moments, but the pacing was all wrong. The, the motivation, the, character motivation, was awful. Yeah. I don't understand why any of the the the, the giggles. Yeah. I don't understand why any of the giggles are doing this. One, they saved you in the last movie. So why, so are, why you are you betraying fucking, them? Also, also, they seem to be under the. Okay, so here's the plot essentially. There is these two other kids, these two other spy kids, who are uh, Gary and Gertie Giggles. Wait a minute, can we preface this by what Netflix says the definition of this film is? Oh, oh, by the way, the, the Netflix's fucking description of this movie is a total lie. Okay, here's what Netflix says this movie is about. Spy Kids Carmen and Judy Cortez team up with two other pint-sized secret agents, Gary and Gertie Giggles, in order to take on an evil scientist. That Approximately is... none of what what was in that description actually happened in the film. There's no evil scientist. Yeah, the scientist is not evil. There's no teaming up, except, no for, teaming except up. for at the very end, Gertie Giggles sort of. kind of is, like, on their side for, like, a So, minute. basically, there's 
Gary and Gertie Giggles are are like competing with uh, Jeannie and Carmen to be like the top dogs at the OSS Junior Division. Also, for some reason, nepotism is just like rampant in this universe. Yeah, not yeah. that nepotism rampant, is rampant, rampant in most in, universe, in, but in, it's like, like, but it's like in a way that's like so blatant that you're like, just like, how did you? It's okay. like it's like Trump administration blatant nepotism. Yes, like. Yeah, the okay, best okay, okay, ages okay. are their chill is is the director's children. Yeah, now. like so their father, who they saved in the first film, um, from being a, a yeah, a Judy and whatever. Carmen saved them, him. and and he he not only hacks into the the teleprompter. Yeah, the, none of this makes sense. He hacks into the teleprompter to make sure he gets he gets made director of the OSS instead of Antonio Banderas's character, whose name I will never bother to. To learn um i'm just gonna call him hombre hombre because that was his code name code name brother code name brother but in spanish um so so he hacks in to become the director and there's like this transmooker device that they're trying to get it's not important it's just a MacGuffin. and so the entire time gary and gertie giggles are trying to prove that they're better they're better agents and they get appointed as top agents with level one clearance uh, because they're, like, the moment after their dad is named uh, director, he names them the top agents. Like, like, like in his acceptance speech. Like, in it's, not his even, acceptance it's not even, like, the speech. next day without anybody there. No, it's in his acceptance speech. He hands them the badges. Like, and he like, already knew he was going to be director, and he already had the badges ready. Yeah, like, it was, like, like what? Ridiculous. Um... So they're competing the entire film. And um and here's the thing that I don't get is like I understand I suspend some disbelief on who young people have crushes on, but I have no idea why Carmen in her right mind has any feelings for this boy. For one, he acts like a complete dipshit. He has the most obnoxious, weird laugh in the world. That, and that, three, that, 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 he's after, obviously evil and hates her brother. Like, that, it was such a, like, they literally had to ADR in this obnoxious giggle that apparently the kid does. Because the a- child actor could literally not perform this bizarre giggle. But here's the thing about it, too. Like, is, <laughs> is his face doesn't even move when the giggle happens. Yeah, like, it's bad ADR. It's like they didn't even try. It's like they added the the giggle because they're just like in scenes where they weren't gonna put the giggle in the first place, just to acknowledge that he was there. Like he giggles as his father is like destroyed, so, basically. <laughs> like his whole his <laughs> father's plan is vanquished, and he giggles, and you're just like, why? Why? You just wanted to just acknowledge that he's there. Yeah, it was like it was a frustrating film. I'm I'm slapping my notes. It was a frustrating film to watch because, like, a lot of the times, he would just, like, uh, Gary Giggles would just lie and make Junie look bad. And people would just believe him and take him at his word, even though there should have been, like, security cameras and shit around to, like... And there was, like, a bunch of kids. A bunch of kids were there that could have, like, looked over and should have looked over. There was, like, a ton of kids who were at this thing with him when, like, the big thing happened. When he, like, supposedly let them get away with the transmooker device. Like, there was a ton of kids there with them who could have said anything, and nobody said anything. Also, the baby agents, adorable. They're really cute. They have a little baby that, like, kicks a man. They have, like, twins who are shutting the gates. Like, it's... It reminds me of 
Elf for some reason. I've never seen that movie. Okay, I not Elf. No, not Elf. Um, uh, the Santa Claus. I have seen that movie. You know how like the elves come and they try to like they help the boy and hey, they like the break him. Hey, the elves and Santa Claus were kind of like like terrible people. Like that, they were just yeah. children acting like like the the. We should do the, this. We should do we should do that one. But anyway. That's a completely different movie. Yeah, um... Yeah, it's... It was, like, a lot of the things that they did very well in the first... The first film, they completely fucked oh, up Oh, wait, this wait, one. we we have to wait a minute. And before we get into anything, actually, besides the story, we have to get into all the roles that Robert Rodriguez played within this film. Oh, uh, no, I, I feel like... I feel like we could... We're, we could get to that later. Okay. Okay, because um, Robert Rodriguez... Is a filmmaker. He's an auteur. He's an auteur. In in the very, the the fullest sense of the word, in the sense that he makes everything. Like, he's a filmmaker because you can't really give him one He's a filmmaker who somehow does the things that film majors do. Yeah. Like, I... Like, he's he's running a, a multi, like a, over, like a tens of millions of dollars film. Like a student film. <laughs> like a super micro-budget film would be Like done. a super micro-budget student film where you have to do everything yourself. And it's just like, you're just like, okay? Okay? Um, he just like really likes control. I think he has control issues. He likes to micromanage. I'm gonna psychoanalyze him. Let's psychoanalyze um. Robert Rodriguez when we get to that. Okay, so, casting. Uh, the casting sucked in this film. Except. Except. For a few, except for two new gems. Um, that are the, The um, president's daughter. Who is is great. I don't know how she did end up on way more things. I feel like she should have been a Disney breakout star. Yeah, she was very funny. I feel like she should have ended up in a lot more stuff than she is. Um, maybe she just didn't want to be an actress that much, but, like... She was good. But she was one of the best, and she and Junie's relationship really... Was really good, actually. They had, like, a chemistry... And like even if it was like not like romantically applied, it was a good friendship. And, yeah, like, it was. It was a lot of fun to watch. And she actually, her motivations actually made sense. Out of everybody in this film, her motivations made no except for the sense. fact that she was the one who, uh, who originally stole the prototype transmaker device. No, I don't. No, I understood that because she just really wanted her father. I just don't know how her father let her get it. I, yeah, but, I just don't know how she no, got to it. I just don't understand how she was the one who was reinstating people and like yeah, giving why people. Was, <laughs> why is like she was the she. Like she was that like did they just not, did not want to give her father any more lines than they had to. Yeah, because he was not great. Um, and Steve Buscemi. Oh yeah, and Steve Buscemi um was, was fantastic, fantastic of because of course it is. But he was yeah. Here's the funny about thing about Steve Buscemi is he was taking the film so seriously. Well, he was taking everything of Steve Buscemi's seriousness. I think Steve Buscemi just takes everything. And does everything to his utmost level. Like, he does not slack at all. Steve Buscemi was... Yeah. Steve Buscemi is... If you ca- if you got to hire an actor, you should hire Steve Buscemi because he will give every job a 100%. Steve Buscemi, also a man I have heard described as the sexiest <laughs> ugly man alive, which I 100% agree with. He has... I kind of enjoy his overall aesthetic. I think it's... Pleasing, I guess. Ple- pleasing's an interesting. But word. here's the thing: I, I, I'm a lesbian, so I, I can't really be the judge of that too much. Yeah. I think he's just like not an ugly man. 
in an ugly, ugly man sense. Like, I well, that's because his inner I, goodness I, I, shines I, through. It's just personality. Just, yeah, just... he seems like a lot of. He seems like he's a great guy. Um, but anyway, he was fantastic in this. Uh, as always, he was a he was a lot of fun to watch as this crazy scientist who was like very focused on what he was doing. I liked all of his scenes where he was just kind of himself. He yeah. was kind of alone. Yeah, I liked the like. His whole like origin story moment was really cool and fun. Yeah, that was that was a fun little sequence, and uh, the utmost seriousness with which he delivered his like onslaught monologue when he first meets them. Yeah, he just starts talking and doesn't shut up and just exposition dumps. I also love the fact that they like have him behind like a little like mountain thing on the corner, just like watching them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> While they come down, so you're like, and you kind of are like, you know, he's there. You're acknowledge, like, you are. It's filmed in a way so you acknowledge that he's there. Actually, that might be one of my favorite scenes. Is like that them meeting him uh-huh. and then into like his backstory. I like that whole because it was section. it was much better written um, than a lot of the other. Well, it was a mo- exposition dump monologue, which isn't like great writing, but what he was saying was in was. And it was, it was shot in a way, like, the cutting two things that were really interesting to watch and things like that. And also, like, yeah, I just, and Steve Buscemi is obviously. And Steve Buscemi is just a great presence on, on screen. I also liked the, um, and, well, the credits scene, the final end credit scene, I believe. No, not even the final, the second to last end Okay, we'll, we'll talk about the credit scenes. The <laughs> second to last end credit scene where there's this weird I, I would say homoerotic encounter between him and the cowboy theme park guy from from the beginning I of the movie. I thought Steve Buscemi hated the man, honestly. I no, he... I, I, I was sensing that this was the beginning of a wonderful uh, relationship. They're going to be a power couple. They'll be a, they're going to be a power couple. They're going to be a power couple that owns a bunch Jurassic of... Jurassic Park, but not with dinosaurs. With, with fun... Mutated creatures. Creatures that are kind of terrifying. Um, yeah, the creatures we'll get into that later oh, we'll get into that um um so yeah but the 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 gertie giggles was uh what's her face um emily osmond so she's the girl from hannah montana the friend yeah and, she and she's also really young and hungry she's still acting so she still has a career which is yeah cool like carmen carmen i know only does uh like commercials now yeah carmen does like commercials and then the random thing and she was in a machete movie well, of course she was. Majette. Um, and, uh, Junie's not doing much. He did mostly voice work. I think he retired, to be honest. Like, his character did from because, the OSS. Uh, yeah, because I, I, he was very young when he got in. It. it wouldn't be shocking. He, he kind of is, like, one of those, he kind of, as an actor, he kind of reminds me of, um, a, uh, Malcolm in the Middle, um. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what's his name? Agent Cody Banks guy. I don't remember his name, but he kind of, like, stepped away from acting. I feel well, like he also had a debilitating... Yeah, but he stepped away before then. He got into race uh. car driving after them. What a career. And it was... Um, poor guy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Look up what happened to him. Uh, he has an interesting life. Yeah, Frankie Muniz. Frankie Muniz, yes. Yeah. Um, also... Going slightly back to story. Yeah. But, but, like, going back back into this, like, it's... The casting was... Yeah. Like, uh, like, like, like uh, uh, Gary Giggles sucked. That, that, I'm sorry. They that. obviously, I don't think he was, ex- they also, I don't, I don't think the dad was even expecting to, uh, like, they weren't expecting him to be a big role in the next film, but they just did it. 
Yeah. And they Which didn't hire act- a great actor for that role. They should have hired somebody else. He in was my very canny. Yeah, he was very cartoonesque villain. And like, pe- like I know that like they stylized the first um, like Floop and Minion as being really cartoony, but but they're believably cartoony. Like, yeah, he's they, just they're, cartoony, they're cartoony in, like, a, in a way that fits their characters. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, there's just no reason. And also, also you have to be, like, the right kind of actor to pull. Like, here's the thing. The guy, Monkman. Yeah. Who, who we will refuse to look up the actual name of that actor. Um, why do we need to? Because why do we need to? You know who he is. Um, he played his character actually fairly straight. And that's what worked about him. Yeah. He, like, like, he was the guy saying ridiculous things in a very straight voice. Whereas Alan Cumming... Well, Alan Cumming also's he's just he's just able to pull that off, you know. He's very theatrical as a person. He has a very um Willy Wonka energy. Yeah, yeah. He's able to pull that off. And you have to be the right kind of actor to be able to pull that off. And you also have he to was have the right it. level of not straight. Yeah, yeah. You have to you have to be bisexual or gay, to be honest. And we can make that joke because we're gay. Um <laughs> Every time you make a gay joke, you're going to say that, aren't you? Well, yeah. Yeah, that's about it for casting. Like, everybody else kind of stayed the same. Yeah. Um, th- there was a, th- they brought back Felix. Felix. And I liked the actor, but I didn't like the fact that he just showed up at the end. Yeah, that made no sense. Why was Felix there? What was the point of yeah, that? Yeah, like, was it just, like, a point to be like, oh, I really betrayed you. Oh, I am not your uncle. And they just really wanted to replies that line. Replies? Replies. <laughs> I'm sorry, do you want to English again? Reprise that line. All right, we'll, 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 we'll edit it in post. Sure. Um... Yeah, can you turn to face the fucking microphone? <laughs> Sorry. We've got one microphone. Use it. I am. I'm very loud right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. We're both pretty loud right now. Um, if, the, if the levels clip, I'm going to be so mad. Um, um, but but <laughs> there's just not much else to say about casting because everybody kind of stayed the same. Yeah. Like... The family had chemistry, but we can talk about the grandma and grandfather. Yeah. Which were interesting casting choices, in my opinion, um, because I did not realize the mother was also supposed to be Latino until Wait, they- the mother is? Well- Oh, 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 The oh, actor- oh. I don't know if the mother is, but the- it was- it is an interesting yeah, choice they that had... they picked a very, very Latino actor for the father. Yeah, they were- they picked fucking, uh, Ricardo Montalban. And that's just like an interesting choice because you would expect Montalban. Uh, you would expect for for that to be the the father of the husband. I did not realize that it was a. She was mixed race. I'm guessing because the mother's white, obviously. The, the mother grandma. is definitely white, and the uh, and the a- the actor that they picked for a grandfather is a Mexican actor. It's just strange that out of like the the parents. I and, like, enjoy him, though. I enjoy both of them. He's a great actor. and Oh, he was the guy who was in, uh... Oh, yeah, he was in The Naked Gun. Oh. Honestly, we might, we, maybe we should do this movie. We I really, really the enjoyed naked The Naked Gun. Um, I've <sighs> only seen bits and pieces. I'm a, I watched it in high school um, for a film class, and I enjoyed it. I'm a bad filmmaker and film major because I just... I, I, I don't watch movies. Yeah. Spoof parody movies are some of my favorite movies, so I, I do enjoy it. Yeah. Um, 
production design. Production design is one of those areas where it's like, yeah, this was something they excelled at in the first movie, and they fucked up in the second. I wouldn't say that necessarily. I had a lot of positive notes about the... the, the... I absolutely hated the OSS agency and oh. every every scrap of, oh, of the I'm OSS ca- agency that I'm, we saw. Okay, yeah. No, I will give you that. OSS agency stuff sucked. I did not like the... But I, I feel like that was a very small part of the movie, but it's just something... It's the built sets. Those are the sets they built, and which are weird. So I didn't like the wall that was behind them because I thought it was distracting for the camera. Yeah. Like, it was an odd choice because I didn't... It doesn't pull off well on camera, and you should know that if you do production design. You should know that that one. But because of the fact that Richard... Uh, that uh, Robert Rodriguez was the production, production designer. designer for some reason. Um, I guess they didn't put too much thought into that. It it was it was weird. Yeah, everything um, in the OSS sucked. I hated the office they made for um for him because like for, oh my for, god could who, you have, who's him um for um because both of the offices that I saw were bad. Oh yeah, well that one was like really really well, straight. Well, Judy's, like, Judy's office wasn't too bad. Yeah, well not the, the three. Then you're talking about the three offices. The dads, I wouldn't even say it was like noteworthy the dads um, was okay but they had these weird screens that were on the walls on either side and on the ceiling and it made no fucking sense yeah like, why are they showing these shots of him what? coming that's so I unnecessary don't ha- why is, what's the logic of this what is the camera where is this camera also why do because you- it's also like a tracking shot that they're showing yeah and so you're just like how is this possible so what happens is he's uh you have to suspend all logic for that to make sense Antonio Banderas is in his office. How many how many ways can I pronounce Antonio Banderas's last name? I think I've I've had at least three different. You're just ways gonna like so pronounce far. it different every single time. I'm gonna pronounce it, and hopefully like a like a like a stopped clock. I will I will be right twice a day. Um, <laughs> I'm or just twice not even gonna do it. Yeah. Um, well, no, I, I'm I will not gonna make that joke. I will lisp. Um, Speech therapy. Um, also, you're just from Philadelphia, so. There's that. (laughs) Um, I'm from a, I'm from a part of the country where they do, they can speak English in words. Good. Say water. Say water for us. Water. 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 (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, I hated that office. Um, and I didn't really like the colors inside the agency either. Um, yeah, it's, it's obvious that he just, like, really warm tones. And yeah, so yeah, it was, like, warm tones it was, like, a lot of... It was, like, orange and yellow and... And it wasn't, like, a good and orange. And it was, like, it was, like, on black background a lot. And I was just, like, this looks... Bad. Weird. Bad. It, yeah, yeah. Bad. Uh, but the, but the, the... I did really enjoy... Enjoy certain thing. Don, okay, yeah, Donegan's office is just doesn't make any sense at all could you imagine trying to get to your desk jumping from each okay so donegal so, so donegal's office is introduced to us through a through a joke where he goes where he's like like getting his coffee or whatever from this one like little bar and he's like oh finally in a big office the big office and you like know that the joke is that they're gonna zoom out or cut away and you're gonna see like this giant office and i was waiting for it and they fucking ruin it by making the office like not like this big like 
the joke should have been like it was this huge office with just this like tiny little desk in there. Yeah. Where it's like lots of any other. Space. Like, there's so much better ways of doing it. But than instead, just... instead, it was like this weird CGI set that they had come up with, where he has to like there's these like the desk in the middle and these screens, these giant screens in the back, and there's just like a dead drop. Yeah. Like, the desk is on an island in the middle of nothing. Yeah. And there's these rotating the thing squares gets, going around that he has to that's hop a, that's around. That's a OSS on it, too. Yeah, that he has to hop around <laughs> Which to is get like to the his in, desk. most intense workout to get to your desk ever. Um, and also, like, you, you realize that it's completely illogical for, like, as an office for somebody who needs to have meetings, yeah. too. Because they have to have him have the meeting with his kids... To brief them for an assignment in a different room. Oh, and that room sucked as well. It was a very... It was like a really empty room with just like a wall that had the OSS over and over and over again on it. I feel like it... I almost feel like It felt like a room I had classes in. And it was like a weird shape too. It was just not a good room. It was a bad room. It almost felt as if what they had done is they had taken set like they if the hallways were set with movable walls if they had taken the walls and just laid down carpet and used i wonder if they did have removal walls for shooting purposes i wouldn't be shocked probably did um because that's very common and then they just repurposed those walls to make that dumb little room yeah definitely and but there's like okay so aside from that stuff I think the production design was pretty well done, um, in the sense, like, the treehouse. The treehouse looks cool. It's bigger on the inside. It's a TARDIS. Yeah, it was bigger on the inside, and there were also these giant plugs on the wall, which were kind of interesting. I really like that. I like the chairs that came up from the ground. I like, I like the, like, I liked it. I I think that was one of my favorite sets they have on, in, in this film. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, the, the the tent that uh, Steve Buscemi lives in Oh, yeah, that's definitely nice. my number two. And then, yeah, those are the only two I really liked and I enjoyed. Um, everything else was... Like I, exteriors or CGI? Uh, out of, those are my favorite two in general. Yeah. Um, because I didn't... No, 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 everything else was either exteriors or CGI. Is what I, I mean, they had those interior, the, uh, the I think the... The, the Legend of the Hidden Temple set was real. Yeah. <laughs> that set, it, Legend of the Hidden Temple, that was the first thing that came into my mind when yeah, I Yeah, okay, that so set. they go into this temple with, that has this moss that allow, that keeps them from talking out loud, but they speak to each other, like they can hear each other's thoughts, which leads to absolutely nothing. And also doesn't quite make sense because they also can do it when they're not there. Yeah, yeah, at the by end, at the end of the film they sense. telepathically communicate with each other, which was a bizarre detail to leave in there. Um, yeah, it just did not make any sense to the logic of the film. But, yeah, I didn't like the at-all aesthetic of it. For so, like, like, I get what you're trying to do, I just did not like it. Because it also made me think, like, what island is this? Where is this island? Because it doesn't Where there's quite... a lot of arid areas, but also jungle. There's jungle, and also it might be Aztec. There's also a weird piratey feeling to the jewelry that they're fighting over. And you're just like... And they also have pirate swords. Yeah. So you're just like, what is the context to this situation? Yeah. I don't understand where this island is or what the culture of this island was. Like, there's nothing really telling me anything. Besides, that, maybe felt- there's a magnet man culture on that island now? 
it felt like it was leaning into some very questionable stereotypes about islands being generally uninhabited because that island was definitely big enough that there it should reminded, have been people on yeah, it. Yeah, like, it's like the Madagascar movie. And like, Madagascar's you know, like, a real the, place. Here's the thing. If there were ancient temples, then there was a civilization of people there. So what happened to the people? Are there... I feel like... Unless all the creatures did just Steve ate the entire... Buscemi <laughs> caused, did Steve Buscemi commit genocide? What happened? Machete is a war criminal, and Steve Buscemi committed genocide. Like, that's the only way this makes sense, because there just can't be just this uninhabited island. This is... Like, uninhabited like, islands don't exist. Well, this is what's not, up with them if they're small enough? Like, castaway. Yeah, if they're small enough. That like, this is not the Blue Lagoon. But, Actually, but no, Blue, the, Blue Lagoon had people on the other side of the island. If the island has remnants of a civilization i wanted there this, should be people i wanted it. this to be the full house episode where they get to the other side of the island and then it's just like um the beach boys are playing a concert <laughs> wait have you never seen that i ha- they got I, lost this for island. context i have a very blank face on because i have not a single clue what the <laughs> fuck jj is talking about okay well there's this episode of uh of, of um where they get lost and then they actually like they uh, on this like island and then they find out that it's then they get to the other side of the island like they're searching and they get to the other side of the island even though they think they think it's like this weird like some bad stuff is gonna happen to them but really they just like run into like a beach boys concert <laughs> what <laughs> which is the most full house thing i've ever heard <laughs> that's the biggest yeah okay um but yeah no there's also that i really like the miniature sets yeah. Like, I like the, um, when you go through the, 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 um, the, um, when you, when they drop through the volcano and they end up at the bottom and they And then had, there's the, the, the volcano set. and yeah. the, yeah. And I also like the little zoos he had. And, like, mm-hmm. I like all the Bush, Bush, Steve Buscemi props. Yeah. I like, like, the glasses he wore. I like yeah, the that, visor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like the aesthetic of the zoos, except for the fact that I got, uh, I was a little annoyed with the fact that it was Zoo 2 as opposed to Zoo TWO. But that's just a me thing. I thought it was a fun detail. I get it. It's supposed to be punny. Everything about it's punny. Like, the names of the creatures is punny and kind yeah, of spider adorable. monkey. Uh, but except for the, the pigs can fly thing. Yeah, I was just kind of annoyed. They name it a spork. It's supposed to be a stork pig, but that doesn't make sense. I thought it was funny. Um, okay, they could have. They, but do you know what would have been funnier if they just called it a pork? You know what? You're right. But they didn't, and they should have. You sh- You're right. You're right. That's gonna be my. If I ever meet Robert Rodriguez, Rodriguez. my first question would be, "Why did you call it a pork?" <laughs> And he's going to be so fucking confused as to what the hell you're talking about. When Spy gets to, why, why did you... you call the flying pig a pork? Instead of a spork, because that just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this, I liked, I liked all that stuff. I liked the monkeys in a barrel. Yeah, that was cute. It was all really adorable and, here's and the cute thing, things. Here's the thing. On a lot of the animations on the... We were we watched this, of course, again with our animation... Uh, our animator roommate. And she was like, yeah, a lot of the animations on the, the... These are really good, except sometimes the way that they're composited in is bad. They can sometimes be a bit floaty. And she yeah. was like, basically, the, the things that are smaller looked pretty good. So they... 
they think that they just scaled them up for the bigger one for some reason. And scaled up the animations. Instead of, like, doing and going through and making a new... A new model. Model, which is... Which probably make a lot money of sense. saving yeah. happened. Um, and also time saving because it takes a long time to render those models. Yeah. The one thing I, about the zoo, I, I had a problem with story wise was the fact that he had the minute, the, the zoo too still. Like, did he make a new zoo too then? I guess. And why would he do that? Like, why would he make the risk of making a new zoo too? Or yeah. like, I guess he doesn't have the growth serum anymore. I feel like he would have gotten rid of that. I think I feel um, I feel like maybe what happened was that it wasn't that all of the animals, but got it like fell adopted. into the whole. Th- like, I just don't understand. That. I feel like maybe he just I guess made them again because he didn't want to be completely alone. I guess. Yeah. But still, it was so just that like in, in case anybody were to come around, he could like show them and in this very conveniently plotted. And I guess story. because he does pour them out and have them go around the island, I guess it has a purpose thematically, but I just yeah. like I'm just like but it doesn't make sense, but I'll I guess I like give it okay. Another weird Also, product. wait, wait, wait. That there's actually a plot hole. What? So I just put my gla- took my glasses off and threw them on my notes. So the whole thing about this this film is that the transmitter desi- device in the middle of the island stops all electronics from working and also reroutes any radio signals. Yeah. So his miniature island that his set that he uses to track the kids mm-hmm. has holograms. How the fuck are the holograms working? Are they magic? It's magic. Well, I suppose. But it's science. He's That's like, the it's, whole thing. it's he's science. Like, he's like, the reason why they, they can, the the animals are going to the same places as the animals on the island is because of magnets. Which, like. Everything you, is solved by magnets. That's the, the entire film. Even the, even the first scene. Even the first scene when they're trying to fix the thing. They it talk is, about, it's reversing the polarity. You're right. Yeah, so the, the whole film is about mo- magnets. Everything is explained by just going, because of magnets. Because magnets. Um, which, okay. Magnets, magnets are, are to... Explain away everything. Magnets are to, uh, uh, to the, the island as thumbs are to, <laughs> as hands are to fucking, uh... Yeah, oh, I hate that the costumes though the the the, the waiter costumes with the hat. And oh everything. gosh, the, the that magnet, was awful. That whole idea was just weird. The minion magnets who had the fucking magnet hats, which like so impractical, and the costumes looked bad. And they're just dudes with sunglasses. They just, I think they got it's the same guy from the first movie who looked like um who looked like Tom Cruise. They just got the same people. <laughs> I would not be shocked. It made sense. Um, but they yeah. got all the yeah. It was strange to me that they actually got the same. Like, they they got Felix again and, and Don again again. Because, like, they had such minor roles in the first movie. I actually forgot Donigan was in the first movie. How? He was, like, the main person they had to save the entire time. Yeah, I didn't remember They only stretched face. out his smile for some reason. Face or his name. I didn't remember that shit. But, yeah, the, um... There's, like, other... Like, there's other, like... Food again was an issue in this movie where they except it wasn't gross. It wasn't gross. It was just confusing. Except for one thing is gross. The just the sheer idea of the fact that this granola bar is um, honey roasted ham potatoes flavored, but it looks like a chocolate chip granola bar. Also, he seemed to, he 
I don't know if it, he. It seemed to me like he kept eating the same bar. He had different bars. Hours, I'm pretty sure. And I, hours. I'm and like seventy five percent sure he was getting different bars, but I can't tell you for sure. It felt like because he because he kept on like unwrapping it further and further. It felt like he was taking chomps over the course of a day. Well, he has to maintain strength. That's but McDonald's thing. he had on the ship couldn't have. Yeah, McDonald's again. Skeletons. Um, the skeletons. Okay, are the awful skeletons. CGI. And the they, skeletons. Okay, 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 okay. So when we first see the skeletons, they are they are like two like physical model props holding this fucking uh necklace for some reason and like they were fighting and over it and their fingers looked like they had rickets of the fingers they were bent in weird ways and it was like the phalanges just don't do that like that's not how those bones are shaped and you have to defy all logic to to just keep the idea that they somehow are staying up somehow like none of this well no 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 that makes sense later because the idea is that they were awake the whole time and actively keeping themselves up i get that but i just like want to know why junie and and why they let junie take it that and also why why junie and carmen like were not like what is going on with these weird skeleton things yeah, and what I get, I guess they're children, but they're spy children. They should be more observant and knowledgeable. Yeah, I'm criticizing them for not for not being observant. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, um. I oh, you know what I really did like though regarding their VFX and animation was uh Ralph, Ralph. Ralph was a showstopper. Uh, Ralph was a showstopper. He looked, you could tell he was made for kids merchandise. They totally sold the little Ralph toys. I'm pretty sure they did. He was like, uh, yeah. I, like I feel Mort. like he might have, yeah, he, I think he, they re- repurposed him for the second film. The third As film, w- I mean. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure they do. Because, um. Because he was great in 3D. Yeah, Ralph. Ralph, what was good to me about Ralph was he looked good. Yeah. Just, just I think they spent a lot of their time on animating him. He I had good lo- movement. I, think. I loved his movement animation. He moved. He felt like a real creature. And honestly, that's probably the only voice, like the only sound effects I really, really enjoyed. What were the were the, Ralph, were the Ralph's sound, sound effects? Because other that than that, the about. sound effects in this movie were even worse than the one the first. Um, and movie. whose fault is that? Probably Robert Rodriguez, who did the um, sound effects. He did and the, the sound effects. And the editing. the the, uh, the the re-record mixing. I felt like the, the which it wasn't bad, but I'm just saying is that like he he's taken on a lot. He's taken on a lot. I that's I, without getting into everything he's done. We haven't. Even I again hated the mix on this film. The sound effects were too loud in some places, and they were obviously canned. And he reused a lot of the same sounds. And they did not at all match some of the things. Some of them were very cartoony. Um, like, there were a lot more cartoony in this film, but that didn't really necessarily like, fit a lot of the tone of the film. So, here's the thing. There's two fight scenes. Yeah. I like one of them, and I absolutely hate the other. Um, so, the fight scene between Gertie and... Not Gertie. Um, uh, Gary. Gary and Junie is very um i don't enjoy it uh well, there's I, a lot of a cgi it's not cgi it. but it also has like the sound of it and it <laughs> was weirdly cut <coughs> and, Sorry. and weirdly sh- it was weirdly shot and weirdly cut 
And the dialogue was also just, like... Terrible. Terrible. But also the actor... It didn't help that that actor's a bad actor. Um, I'm sorry. Not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Um, um, yeah, and then... Yeah, like, they sounded really... Like, and the, the quality on the sound effects also didn't sound very good. Yeah. But I do enjoy the fight scene between... Um, between Donovan uh, and Antonio Banderas' character. Yeah. And, like, and, but, and it had some of the best little lines of dialogue in it. Oh, my gosh. And, like, show, show what I do, do what I showed you last night. And everybody just, like, kind of, like, side-eyes her. And I just, like, and it was it's there so for the grown-up. It's there for the grown-up. We had to pause because I was screaming. I was laughing so hard. Cause yeah. That, that's another thing. This movie's not nearly as funny as the first movie was, but that line was fucking hilarious. Like, there's, like, things in it that you're just, like, okay. Yeah, there were some, some things that are great. that like, try too like, hard. There's, like, little lines I, I, like, really love. Like, wait till I tell Mom you try to take over the world again. again. What about, what, when was the last time you tried to take over the world? I want yeah, to know what the is the context? context? Um, I liked all the little puns. Um, I, when, when the, when... There was like kick a, his butt, kick his butt. I also loved, I also kind of loved and also hated the running gag where they put on sunglasses and they would say something like a spy kid, spy dude, spy like mama. it was like it was like spy dude, spy mama, and then at bad the, boy, and then at the end it was bad boy. I loved and hated that. I hate the last one because I was just like, mm, you're mm. not a bad boy. You're, you're only good for a reaction gift. Thank you, next. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the sound effects. He also failed at an evil laugh. Like, the bad guy fails at evil How laugh. How do you do that? Which, well, and especially he could have gone, <laughs> and instead it was, like, just bad. Yeah, it was just it was like, oh, I was just like, okay, I guess that's what we're doing I now. I guess. You're trying so hard, but it's so bad. I'm pretty sure I've seen that actor in something else, though. Maybe. I feel like he what? has a familiar face. What? I wouldn't be shocked if he was in something else. I feel like he was in, like, some cop show that I've, I've seen. He looks like a person who would be in a cop show, or he would be a teacher in something. I could buy him as, like, a history teacher for some reason. Like... There is, like, I, there are good moments, and I, I it, there, there were good moments, um, but I, the same as the first movie, um, the worst aspect, in my opinion, was the color correction. Oh, yeah, it was terrible. The color, even Antonio Banderas was orange as hell. No, yeah, like, everybody was really even read so orange. He was so orange in one scene that I couldn't even really, like, read his face. It was so orange, it was, like, a, on a beach scene. Wait, wait, what? Huh? Mike Judge, the actor who plays Donegan, is also Latino. Really? He's, he's also from, in he's Beavis and Buttheads. He's, he's a, from Ecuador. Yeah, he's a Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill fame. What? He's in Silicon Valley. Mm. Idiocracy. Oh, he wrote Idiocracy? Well. Interesting. He has a fascinating career. Not as fascinating as Robert wait, wait, Rodriguez. Wait, wait, he's, he's the guy who created Beavis and Butthead. 
What? He also created Silicon Valley. Prolific. What? What is he doing in this movie? He voices Beavis and Butthead. Please tell... I have so many questions about everybody who's in this movie. Are you only obsessed with this? You're not obsessed with the fact that they got... The, the other he people plays that... Hank Hill in King of the Hill. The fuck? Well, um... You know... I don't know where I've seen this guy before. Because I've only ever heard his voice before. <laughs> Office space. Have you ever seen the short? I feel like we've seen the short in class. Office space? Yeah. No. You haven't? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, I don't know where you may or may not have seen heard of that person. Seen this person? I've definitely heard his voice before, though. Me too. I think most of us have, probably. That is bizarre. Yeah, it that happened. So, wait, wait, wait. This man is literally a voice actor, and he fucked up doing an evil, an evil laugh. I don't know how that's possible. I don't know how that's possible for you you to do that, good sir. Like, there's, uh, yeah. The whole Giggles family was just weird, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, like, for one, they, they go and there's a big poop gag. Oh, yeah, there was a lot of gross-out humor in this film that I absolutely hated. So they, like, fall into the poop, but the thing that gets me is that they do nothing to clean themselves off. off. At all the entire movie. Yeah, they're just covered in shit for the rest of the film. Like, they even end up in the ocean at one point, and they, and do they still don't get clear. to do about it. This this is the giggle the giggle kids, by the way, that we're talking about, not the main kids. Yeah, like, I'm just like, why, how? Why? The, the whole Giggles family is just a train wreck. <laughs> that serpent was the worst thing I've ever seen. The, the, what? Well, no, there's a technical term for what it's called. The slither? Sl- slurpent? Slurpent? I, the slithers were the the ones with the legs. This one was a two. Oh, oh, the this two-headed. One, this one was a cat dog, like a cat dog serpent. But both of the both yeah. of the heads were the same head. For some reason, I I put headbutt. Um, headbutt. But is it head is butt? I don't know. Yeah, there was a lot of um, jokes that just did not work in this movie. It yeah, a lot of things fell really flat. I think it was just like it just did not like it was just like. The writing was sloppy, and it was yeah, like like uh, there like was that. this one gag, this one visual gag that just came out of fucking nowhere, so inconsistent with the tone of the rest of the film, um, and all the other gigs in the rest of the film, where, uh, uh, Antonio Banderas's character, and uh, the 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 mom, <laughs> that's their <laughs> official names, um, they are. Gregorio is the name of the father yeah. of Antonio Banderas' character. Gregorio is in the ship. They're on their way to go save Junie and Carmen. And they hear this noise. And he opens up this hatch. And he sees his uh, mother-in-law. Because uh, the, they find out that they're... Gra- like, yeah. like her her parents stowed aboard. And his hair home. just... And he's a, a hair, hair gag for no They do reason. a hair gag where his hair just... Bike straight up for a shot, and then it goes immediately back to normal. And you're just like, okay. I feel like the entire ship scene was something you had to expend, like suspend, suspend all sense of disbelief because of the fact that they then they then proceed to talk about how they are tracking them 
through um through like through a non-electronic tracker that doesn't use radio waves or anything which makes no sense yeah and and can we please talk about the fact that the rate that that tracker that they have it's, it's just, it's a just green like freaking tooth. green tooth like did they i like i'm like how did junie not realize that but she like she did obviously but Junie didn't realize that. Junie is supposed to be pretty smart, and he just did not realize that his father put a green thing in his mouth. <laughs> I did, I did like the line of, hey, remember that one year where I decided to do all the dentistry for the kids? And then Mom's like, yes, of course, how, how could I forget? I did like that bit. Yeah, and it was just a very, um, but it was just something just strange. It was like, how are any of these tracking devices working? Yeah, there's a lot. They, they... Because, like, the whole point is the signal gets lost. But here's one thing I find interesting about this film. This is the exact reverse of the first film. The parents are going to save the kids. Yeah. Where in the other one is the kids got lost, the, the parents got lost, so the kids had to go save them. But in, in the, in reality, the one who saved them all was Machete. It's always Machete. Machete, he wasn't even physically there. Machete's elastic wonder. Just the world was saved by a rubber band. That it was a rubber band. They could obviously. Machete had better things to do this film because he was only in it for one scene, and that's really sad to me. He was only in it for one. He was in one scene, but he had left a lasting impact. A lasting impact, yes, Uh, in the form of his elastic wonder. Uh, still a war criminal, though, I'm pretty confident. Also, hey, hey, why, why are they getting all their gadgets from their uncle Machete? And they're not, not from the spy the, organization. But also, they're not getting the most advanced gear. Like, how are they getting the prototypes when their uncle is the one making, like, I, I'm so, just so confused. Where else are they getting these, these, these gadgets from? Yeah. Like, that just doesn't make sense. Yeah. 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 Because Machete does not, I'm going to also pronounce Machete's name five different ways and see how that works. <laughs> okay. Um, That's what we're doing. Uh, yeah. There were there were some good scenes, though. The ballet scene. Oh, yeah. The ballet scene was absolutely my favorite scene in the I, entire film, probably. It was, it was the visual. My, probably my second favorite scene. Stu Buscemi and then this scene. Yeah, because I the, just really like the girl. Like, she's just great. And then the choreography was very well the, done. The, was very good. I really liked when, so they're at this dance party. And the president's daughter is there. And she's completely surrounded on all sides by Secret Service agents. And she's, like, dancing by herself. And the Secret Service agents are moving with her to keep her surrounded at all times. And it's this really funny visual gag where Junie has to talk kind of through them. And he finally gets them to clear using his, uh, his, uh, by pulling rank on them. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, would you like to dance? And she's like, I only dance ballet. And he goes, what a coincidence. So do I. And then, and then he just and does, a, like, a, a ballet move that's, like, really kind of pretty easy. As somebody who's done ballet, it's pretty easy ballet move. But, like, it's still, like, kind of, like, adorable and impressive. It was really cute and fun. And it was well shot, too. Yeah, and I think my favorite part was the choreography of it, the whole thing. Yeah, it was a well I done sequence. I love how they shot through the guards, like, so you can yes. see from his perspective. So you can see glimpses of her kind of, like, moving. And, yeah. And it's, like, flowy little princess dress. And it's, like, she's kind of just adorable. And it was, like, good. I thought it was, like, a really good way of showing their separation. It was some of the, some of the better camera work of of the film in my opinion it definitely was the camera um, work overall was nothing too remarkable 
I just think that, that that scene was really good. I l- did like how they shot. I think it's more the lighting, how they shot through the um the tent and when they did the the yeah. getting bigger. I thought that was a very well done visual effect. Um, the comparatively, of li- yeah, some of the lighting was lovely in some locations. I think the tent was the best location. Yeah, because they basically used the tent as a as a soft box. Uh, for the inside, and they had all their lights on the outside of the tent. Yeah. And just used that to diffuse the light, which gave this... It was very smart production design. Yeah. Which, um, which is interesting, because... Uh, Robert, Robert Rodriguez. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was very well done, in my opinion. And, um... Yeah, I, 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 there were some places where the lights were a little strange, like, uh, inside the parents' uh, ship, there's, like, this green light. And you can't this really... This very, very I don't hard really, green it's light. It's a really hard green light, but I can't really tell where the source of it is. Yeah. I'm like, is it coming from the steering wheel? Because if you're, if you're not, like, if you're next to them on, like, his left, you don't get it. Yeah. So, but you, there's, like, green things next to them. Yeah, there was this very Like, hard... it doesn't really make sense where it is. Um, but there's also, like, I... Th- both the ships don't make sense, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, how are they just getting the ship, and yet she has, like, all these photos programmed on the ship? Yeah. As her background? Yeah. Which doesn't make sense. And then the parent ship just looks... It's just so... Big and sterile. Like, yeah. it's like... It was not as... as... You're, it was like, here's the thing. It felt very much like, ooh, the kids' ship is fun, and the parent ship is boring. Yeah, and it... The whole parents' place is like, this is boring. Like, the boring office, and the boring this, and it's just like... But the kid is fun, has color, and like... Yeah. Shaped like a dragonfly. Yeah. Yeah. That was like the whole thing. Like, the parents' ship was an interesting shape as well. It was but an the interesting in- shape, it... and then they made it fly. And then, yeah, and then the interiors were not great. Yeah, the interiors were just very wide open spaces that it felt it felt very it didn't feel like a wise use of space yeah and they there there were levels and things but they weren't like well used Mm-mm. at all like i have no idea how these grandparents stood away on the ship either yeah i mean they're ex-spies but here's my thing is how was she outside the ship yeah she was uh, like what was that hatch to <laughs> where did it go yeah what was it <laughs> Was it a storage And he hatch? came from above because there's no way you could dispense. Like, like he was in a wheelchair. wheelchair. And his wheelchair flies. Which is great and confusing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, I thought, on the other hand, unlike the opening sequence from the first film, the opening sequence of this film was not good. I was bored very quickly into it. I think, like, the idea was fun-ish but it also didn't make sense like why is it like why like okay this whole event is like a big day for the president's order to go see this amusement park that's new yeah and there's like i just just don't understand this event happening and yeah. why the spy kids were all just there well i think like they, all four of them were there i think they were there on hand as backup just in but case. here's my thing is i don't understand why they had like, I understand why Junie and her were there, and it's very well established that they were there, because they have them, like, in hats, like, having... And you can tell time. that they were meant to be there on, undercover. Yeah, and so I'm like, okay, I get that, but I just don't understand how quickly they got the other, like, the giggles 
brother and sister to just be yeah, there. Why? Yeah, why? And I also don't understand there? why they they called them as backup, but for some reason it became like a competition. Yeah. So yeah, when you're calling people as backup, they they should be backup. Yeah, it's just weird that they it ended up being competition and such a big thing, and yeah. Um, the big thing for me, though, is, was the, um, was I really did enjoy the little dialogue scene between, obviously, the president's daughter and him. And Jeannie. Yeah, yeah. and I liked the facial expressions she had. And, she, like, and the, the way thing. she delivered her lines were very, was very good. Yeah, I also don't, they, they knew she took the device. They already established this, but then they got mad about the fact, then, then they are, like, get yeah, mad about the fact that, yeah, it was, that whole thing was just so confusing. Yeah, the writing was not very good there. Um. Except for the their dialogue scene for for some reason. Yeah, and I also kind of like the dialogue between Gertie and um, Carmen. I just think they're better actors, so they played it off better. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like some of their devices that are just like, yeah, so I'm going to make this screen here because that's how this works. Yeah, that's how this works. Instead of, like, plugging something in, at least that would make sense. I feel like it was a very bad decision to start off on, on this guy just explaining these rides. It was a boring way to start. I was like, where are the spy kids? Where's the action? Where's the adventure? Yeah, and I also was I like, feel like they should have started with the president's daughter. I think it's just funny that they, like, have this... It's just, This park is named after his production company. So yes, that's funny. very... That was very funny. And cute and everything, but still, you're... You are, like... Okay. Okay. I guess is what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, I liked the actor that they had play... The amusement park owner. I thought he was fun. I feel like it would have been interesting if they if the whole thing cut to them at the amusement park, kind of like follow the, and her around like in the background. Yeah. Like establishing they were there. Yeah. And more like a uh, yeah. It just felt like very boring. I was, it was a very it felt like a very long time before they showed up. And the like some of the it's, there's a lot of gross out humor like the vomiter. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and that was like, gross to me. And I was like, why is that there? It's, it's not funny. It's not funny. It's just gross. <sighs> yeah, it it was just like whatever to me. It was like not a great opening. And it, I mean, it like there was like it had its moments, but it was mostly the present daughter. Yeah, who had her moments. And it was shot late, late golden hour. Because it yeah. felt like the sun was just about to set in some of the shots. Mm-hmm. And some of it, I feel like, was a little bit overexposed. It was a little oh, hot yeah. in some bits. And especially around her hair. Her mm-hmm. hair was... Her hair was burning up. It was so hot. It was, it was like, bright. Bright. Bright, bright white around her Yeah, sometimes. they really like, needed to... Because they shot... They definitely shot that outdoors. They really needed to put some diffusion around. But they didn't. They, they had the opposite tr- problem that they had with the other movie where they had the outdoor one and they really needed reflection because it was, like, really and they, dark. And they compensated pretty well for it. And they compensated it. really well for that, but this one they did had the opposite they, issue. They, they also had, like, they were shooting in a very open area, so they didn't really have any shade. And you could also, because of that, you could really tell when they get up into the ball and then you can see that they shot that um, in studio. Because the lighting is completely Yeah, different. it doesn't make sense. Like, the sky even is, like, more, like, more blue. Yeah. Looking. And that doesn't change when you just get higher up. That That's not how that works. That's just, it would be golden everywhere. So it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I felt like also the color palette was not as strong in this film. Because there wasn't really, I mean, I, under, like, I, I, so, like, the whole thing was, like, the spy kids were orange. Yeah. Like, the orange suits, the orange... I do enjoy the blow-up suits, because I just thought they were, like, kind of interesting, yeah, they were funny fun. things. Um, 
But the whole thing was like they wear orange and black and there was cargo just not, pants and yeah. There was I felt like the color palette was a lot more limited in a sense where they were just using a lot of the same bold colors and didn't have like, yeah, like any of those earth tones to balance things out. Yeah, I was like, which is probably oh, why why um, Bu- uh, Buscemi's uh, where Steve Buscemi's tent was so nice is because there were more gradients of color. One I also really like. Because they do reestablish floop. We do go back to floop, and it's the best two minutes of the movie. Yeah. Um, so we have floop again, and I really enjoyed the fact that we cut the monk, uh, the guy who, the minion. Yeah, we cut um, to minion who's sitting in his, who's completely now, now, at, at, like, just, like, completely fine with the way his life has turned out. He's just like, I guess I'm gonna roll with this. But the thing I really enjoy about his wardrobe is... It's the same, he's wearing the same shirt he was wearing in the beginning of the last movie, except it's dyed, like, it has color. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, blue and purple. Kind of to show that he's, uh, who, how he has developed as a person since we last saw him. Yeah. And, which is interesting, and I thought that was really nice costuming and interesting. And I also, like, just, like, floops, but I did. And I also... I still, but here's the thing. I love the fact that they incorporate Heelys into this for some reason. Like, yeah, the, the they kids did just have first Heelys, movies as well. But they keep this up, and they also give them to Junie later on. Yeah, I also... Here's another fun thing that I liked about Floop's castle set and the way that they changed it from the first film is it felt like the colors felt a little bit more toned down. They felt a little bit more homey. Yeah. A little less saturated, a little bit more naturalistic, and it felt more populated of a space. Yeah. Where there were props lying around I, and a set. It felt I less... Do have, I do have a couple questions about Floop in general, though. Yeah. Because I'm just like, how are these kids on television? Like, do they go to school and people recognize them? Do they even go to school anymore? I think they're homeschooled at this point, Ben. How are they spies if everybody knows their face because they're on a national television show? Yeah, that's a great question, and... During the one of the many end credit scenes, um, Carmen is undercover as a pop star going by the same exact name. Also, like, she gets, like, this belt, and, like, she's doing Britney Spears stuff, and is, like, really funny. Um, but here's the thing is, he Junie quits at the end of the film. Yeah. But for some reason, he's still on this mission with her. Yeah, so it's not clear. So is this taking place beforehand? Yeah, it's not clear. But the people in the background playing the instruments are the, um... Are the fucking, uh... Magnet men who were on the island with them. This whole thing doesn't make sense. Who are the bad guy minions of this movie. Yeah, so I I just have so many questions about that. Like, why? And, yeah, this just doesn't make sense to me. But I also, I also am 99% sure that this whole scene was added... Because they were trying to kickstart, like, um, her kickstart that music career. career. Like, yeah, it feels like that almost. Um, but I, I, it's just weird. It was just a very weird scene. that was also scene. a thing in the 2000s was to add, like, a musical number at oh, the Oh, yeah. Moment. They did that. remember. They did that in the Bratz movie. They did that. They did that in, um. They did it in a lot of Disney movies. They did that in that one movie where the RV, they did that in RV. Oh, they did? Oh my god, we should do RV. I love that movie. JoJo was great. Yeah, because they did it with JoJo. But JoJo's career actually kicked off, so I wonder what happened with this. Well, actually, that was already after her career had started. Ah, uh, I guess. But I mean, like, they've also done it. The Bratz movie, they tried to do it. And with yeah. only, they, they had a music group, but they were only kickstarting one of their careers. So they, in the end credits, they only have one of them playing a, a music video. Wow. And it was just very obvious. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the end credits were. Um, yeah. Okay. So here's the they thing play about a the blooper. Okay. So here's the thing that gets me is they played that scene where they have the music music scene, and then they play a blooper reel, and then they have another end credit scene. Yeah. Here's the thing about the end credit scene is you think it's just gonna be like a normal end credit scene because the movie ends and it goes to directed by Robert Rodriguez and blah 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 blah, and then all of a sudden you see this while the credits are still scrolling, which is also the only other. Mach- Machete scene machete? in machete scene yeah. in the movie. Machete? Whatever. Uh, we'll, we'll fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. We'll fix our pronunciation of the Spanish pronunciation of the word machete. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, but they, they like, um, <laughs> they have, like, you know, the, cr- the credits are still scrolling throughout this entire thing. And they have this scene of Carmen being a pop star. And then they have a bunch of bloopers. Credits still rolling. Credits still rolling on the screen. The thing that interests me is this was, like, back before this was kind of, like, a thing. Like, end credit sequences were a thing? Yeah, this was, like, not when the, uh, like, this was not... This is pre-MCU. This is pre-MCU, so, like, this is not, like, happening a lot. So this is just, like, okay... I think they just did a Lizzie McGuire movie, too. Yeah. This is, Lizzie McGuire is, like, a couple years after this, I think. Yeah, Lizzie McGuire was, like, 2005-ish, I want to say. I don't know, but I just, like, I just, like, this very interesting, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and then they kept going, and then they cut to a sequence of... Just, like, random-ass bloopers. Yeah, they um, cut to a sequence of random-ass bloopers, and then... They cut to this next end credit scene, which is... So, um... So there's a bunch of bloopers, and, uh, one of which, uh, features the kid who plays Junie being absolutely hilarious on purpose, funnier yeah. than the, funnier than, and then, and then one of the end credit scenes features the girl who plays Carmen having absolutely no control over the English language. <laughs> She's like me. Yeah, like, 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 she tries and fails to, so to much, say though. one sentence multiple times, <laughs> and she gets so flustered and is, like, laughing about it. Oh, wait, it. I, lo- wait a minute. I, the whole skeleton sequence had a, had a, an associate producer, an animated supervisor, and a skeleton animator. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> that, that was where they put their time? It's extra hilarious. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess it makes sense. That, that whole that sequence had a, had a, had a whole crew of its own, basically. Yeah. Which, okay. Um, there was a lot. I was not expecting. There was a lot. The crew was a lot bigger. The crew was a lot bigger, but the core crew was all one person. It was all, it was all, all tour. Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. Um, which is fascinating. And then it cuts into a... Holy shit, they had a lot more people. Yeah, I was expecting it. Um... Because they had a lot of different companies, and then there's this very funny uh, blooper where uh, Antonio Banderas drops his accidentally wife. drops the the actress playing his wife while while dancing with her, <laughs> and he fu- and her she, her she's on the floor. She sticks her arm out for him to like to come like pull me up, but and he's the- like still completely in character playing it off as though. But here's the thing: it's so much better than anything that actually happened that scene. I wish they it was kept it in. So funny. I wish they kept it in. And then he pulls her back up, 
And he, and he's like, okay, let's play it off. That that ha didn't happen. We're good. We're good. It was so funny. I wish they kept it. And then, and then they have a the, random. And then there's this homoerotic end credit sequence. I don't see it that way. But... I see it that way because I want to. Uh, but where, also, can we talk about how awful Mr. the green screen background behind him is? Yeah, I'm it's pretty bad with the, bad. with obvious stock in the background. Where... And I, 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 at one point, I thought his hat wasn't even technically on him. <laughs> It, it's cut up pretty poorly. Um, where where cowboy theme park man comes up and proposes Jurassic Park, essentially, to a very confused-looking Steve Buscemi. Who looks at the his business card with only one eye. Well, his other glasses is broken, so of course you need to. Honestly, I think that that creature's gonna eat him at some point. And then he does this weird gag where, where he's like, oh, Look, he ate all fingers. my fingers, now I still got him. And I feel like Steve Buscemi looks disappointed that his fingers didn't get bit off. Yeah, Steve That's Buscemi. Steve Buscemi's fetish, so... <laughs> <laughs> So no, like, that's Floop's fetish. No, Floop has a fetish for fully f all the for, digits. For, for all the digits. But he has the, the fetish Shemmy's for, like, no digits. For no digits. <laughs> so he, that's the, and there also cuts to, like, a scene where it's, like... And then and it cuts like, to another scene. I just scene. want to show you the entire set for their... Because uh, they spent so... Obviously spent so much money on this set that they did not use nearly enough for the amount of money they obviously spend on it. They had to really re-show you. Of the, of the, um... Of their treehouse. Of their Which tree is house. gorgeous, and I really like the set of it, but I'm also just like, okay. Wait a second. This is unnecessary, and it kind of cool. I think this is for, specifically for the, um, the DVD. Yeah. So that it cuts immediately into the, um, into the, like... Yes, because I think venue. it is... But I still think it's really weird, and I think that they it's definitely it's wanted to do it It's bizarre that like they this. kept it for the Netflix version. Yeah, and I think they just really wanted to show it off. They're like, look at all the work we did. You barely got the seat in the show. They used a wide-angle lens here. Look at the slight curve. I really like the um the fact that the lighting puts like these like optical illusion on the ceiling. Like these, uh, like uh, the lights form pattern on the ceiling. Yeah, like a uh, like a honeycomb pattern on the ceiling. They they spent a lot of time on this set, and it looks really good. But it's just interesting. It's weird that it's here. I'm confused by this uh, globe over in the corner. Well, I mean, they obviously want to make sure they know where they're going. Yeah, no, the globe just looks weird. It's, like, weirdly shaped. I guess it's just because of the... The, the angle and the lens. The, yeah, the angle and the lens that they're using. Because it's, it's clear that the lens that they're using is, like, a, a wide-angle lens. Yeah. That's kind of distorting things and making them look a little bit wider. But it was a very smooth shot of just showing. Yeah, it was a nice. Place. It was a nice. Uh... But it, this is definitely a movie that was shot for a DVD. Yes, and actually, that's the thing about this film is it unlike the first film, which was shot on film, this movie was shot on video, uh, shot in digital. And there's this great article I was reading uh, that came that was obviously uh, uh, published in 2002. Uh, that's a review of the film. Where at the end it goes, this this film was shot on digital video and it's really great. And if you can get out to see a movie theater that ha that supports uh, showing digital, 
you should go do it because digital looks nice and crisp and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and it was just so funny because it was like, oh, and maybe digital will take over the world. And it's and like, you're right. It, and it did. did. But here's the thing. Film majors now, like, piss themselves to go see films that are shot films on film. Films on film. Yeah. So, um... I think they did it, but then they made it, like, so, like, this is, like, the norm, and therefore it's very, uh, exclusive for film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for some reason, hyping up the digital industry made the film industry more important? I don't think no, so. No, like, the selling of film. Like, Kodak went, is making shit tons of money because of the fact that film is so much more expensive because it's more Because exclusive. they can drive up the, because they can drive up the price. Yeah, because there's other options, so it's, like, exclusive. I think that's interesting. I don't know if they're making shit tons of money on film, though. I think they're making a shit ton more money on um on their, like, family photo lines, but still. Yeah. Um, I've, do you know how many Kodak cameras I have just lying around in a drawer somewhere <laughs> at home at my, my, my parents' house? I just have, like, I need to develop those cameras, probably. I probably have some fascinating pictures of my childhood on there. Oh, gosh. Maybe when I had bangs oh and braces. Gosh, oh, my gosh, I've got bangs. Back when I had a bowl cut and uh, a <laughs> wave, I probably have definitely have pictures of when I had my Alice Collin haircut and braces, which I always put in the most obnoxious colors. You and... mean Alice Cullen? Yes. You said Colin. Cullen. I didn't. Colin, Colin. <laughs> Alice Colin. <laughs> yeah, Robert Rodriguez. Um... Uh, did everything for this film. He yeah. was He was credited as... The uh, director, obviously, he wrote it, he um, edited it. it, he produced it, well, he co-produced it. I think somebody else was, was another producer, um, but he did all that stuff. He also was the production designer for some reason, and the it's director the of photography. Yeah, he was the DP. And the editor, and he also did posts, like, he did sound effects editing. Yeah, uh, sound effects editing, which is not the same as the sound mix, which was still bad. <clears throat> um... Yeah. It is, um, yeah, he's doing what every film major wants to do, but can't do. But can't do for good reasons. Yeah, so, um. There's a lot, there's a lot to be said of, does this He does achieve it better than you would expect somebody to achieve, being every single member of their main crew. Except, wait a minute, I feel like there's a role he wasn't the main crew of, because he was the head of production design then, he also was the editor. The director of you photography. You wasn't the gaffer. Well, that's under director of photography. That's true. So not a head department. So we, he was every head of department and the director. Yeah. He he wasn't the AD, obviously, but the AD is the director. I don't think he, was he the, and I, I don't think he was the head visual effects supervisor on this film. No, I think he, I don't, yeah, he was involved, but I don't think he was the head of it. Yeah. But there was that's a still lot an intense amount. On this. There was an intense amount of Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. Uh, in the credits of this film. It's kind of just like everything is him. Yeah. And he's like that with a lot of his films. And I think there there could be a discussion had of do his films benefit from this? Or does something happen that makes him suffer from this? I do think he overextends stuff. I think that's why the script didn't work. Is because he mm-hmm. he had to also he had to do I the mean, script and he had to think about the pre-production for all these other major things. So these are also very pre-production heavy parts and post-production heavy parts but mostly pre-production heavy parts like you do a lot in pre-production for production design you do a lot in pre-production for as the director of photography so i think it it does make you overextend yourself in a way that makes 
parts yeah. of it. And I've flatter. I've I've been on much smaller shoots where for example, I I directed this short film for the, for another student who was producing it uh, and he kind of wrote it and I ended up having to be both production designer cuz our production designer dropped and we had uh, somebody in who was very inexperienced that well basically had no experience at all. It was originally just going to be a a PA. Mhm who was basically our film uh, production designer. And I, so I had to direct, essentially, and be the production designer. Yeah. For the, and that was a tiny-ass film. Like, it yeah. was a short, it was a student short film, essentially. And even then, it was, like, a lot to juggle and a lot to handle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, like, I mean, when I did my, when I did my, I did a project a little while ago that I still haven't released yet because... I'm hoarding it. Um, I'm, I keep re-editing it and re-editing it until it's perfect and I'm going crazy. You have to just call it done at some point. Um, I just need to send it to be color corrected, honestly. Um, but, but the, um, the big thing is, like, I, I do production design primarily and I did production design a lot and I did it on music videos and in commercials. And so, when I did my, this project that I directed, I actually did the production design myself, but... My, um, my, I had somebody on set dressing, but I also, um, my director of photography also has a background in production design, and we bounced a lot of ideas off each other, so it wasn't just me hey, bouncing ideas off myself. Hey, <clears throat> hey, JJ? Yeah? How did you not notice that Felix was Cheech? Oh, I did know that. Why didn't you ever mention it? Um, because I just, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't know why I didn't mention it. Because it is kind of funny that Felix but, is but, Cheech. But do you know who Machete is? Yeah. So, yeah. Like, he, they, yeah, he's Cheech. That mustache always throws me off because I just get angry at the mustache. The fucking mustache. Uh, I'm like, why is he still wearing it? It's the second movie. What's the point of the mustache? Did he decide to grow a mustache because he, he realized he looks good in a mustache now? Because he realized he really liked the mustache. Was it bonded to his face after <laughs> the um, whole, um, after being uh, a fugly? Yeah, after uh, being transformed into a fugly after that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Um, Wait, he's in the third one too? Yeah. I think Machete might be the one that got replaced, and I think he got replaced by a woman. Machete? Yeah. Let's look. I think the person, because the person that gives them equipment is, um, is a woman. Danny Trejo. What? How much is he making in 2019 alone? (laughs) I looked on his IMDb page, and there are straight up ten things that, that that are are, po- are in, in post production, but that's without getting into the fact that there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight already like just like cut, that came out this year. <whistles> one got one thing got delayed. This man is prolific. He's in like twenty films a year. This man has the same sort of release schedule as they did back in the uh, the studio system days. Oh my where gosh! They released like a hundred films a year. I feel like there's something up with Mexico's um, film system. Yeah, he's just going for it. He's just balling out. He must be making. He's either making no money off of any of these films, or he's making a ton of money off. Oh, of he's all of Danny it. Trejo. He better be making money he's, off these films. He's he's rolling in it, and he just doesn't quit. He's gonna. Yeah, I think he's he just leave. takes any role. 
He's just like, oh, you want me in your film? I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm I Danny just, Trejo. He's, he's just the guy who wants to be on camera. I feel like you could reach out to him about your student film, and he will be like, oh, we're gonna be, we're gonna be. Well, what's your crafty like? Hey, what's your crafty like? <laughs> like that, I feel like he would be down. And he's been in some shitty films. Well, yeah. Yeah, he was in Spy Kids. He was in Spy Kids 4D. Wait a minute, where's 3D though? Hold on, hold on, hold on. He's got, he's done 500 things. They, I still <laughs> need to go through it. We need to get to 2003. Wait, he was in Fallout New Vegas? <laughs> the video game? I guess. Voice acting. Ah. Oh. I'm shocked he's not a voice actor in the new, uh, the animated TV show that they made. Oh, he's gotta be. Oh, he was also in Monk. He was uh, he was also in Monk. That's really funny. And Fast. yes, he was in the third film. Yeah, he was in the third film. So, yeah. The most prof- No wonder he works so much with Robert Rodriguez. He's just in so many movies. They're both the most prolific people. I've ever looked at the IMDb of. I've ever looked at the IMDb. There should be multiple pages of this IMDb. He's been in the industry since, like, the early 90s, so. He's been in the industry since the oh, 80s. 80s. <laughs> okay, yeah, he's, he's. <laughs> at one point, he went as Danielle Trejo for one film in 1985, <laughs> and he decided that was fucked up, so he went as Danny Trejo the rest of the time. Daniel? Not yet. Daniel Trejo. No. Absolutely not. Not him. Doesn't doesn't feel like him. Doesn't give the same energy. So we should be wrapping this up. Yeah. Yeah. Before we start going into just just the mind boggling,ness like, of listing uh, every of, single of one of his projects. Yeah. So oh, he was in Brooklyn Nine Nine. I forgot about that. Anyway. So, I, in summation, there's a reason why I didn't really remember this movie. I have no idea why I liked it so much. I honestly think I liked it so much because of, of Steve Buscemi. Because- And the little creatures. I kind of, I guess I kind of wanted them, and therefore I really liked it. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I didn't, it just does not hold up as It a does film. not hold up. It was like a rushed film. It looks very obvious Some of the visual rushed. effects look fairly good for the time. Others look terrible. There's like some fun scenes, but like it wasn't, it's not a- Yeah. Yeah, it was Whereas the great. first one holds up, this one just This doesn't. one definitely does not. Um, so that, that'll be it for this week. Uh, just as some housekeeping, remember our email is film, uh, wait, hold on, I have to check out our, our, our email again. Because I'm bad at this thing that I do. Our email again is filmmatespodcast at gmail.com. And our Twitter is the same, Filmmates Podcast, as well as our YouTube. Uh, feel free to send us in any questions or recommendations or things, or just general fan mail. Um, and we'll get to it. And next week, we will be doing the first season of Game of Thrones. I have in, never seen Game of Thrones. Whereas I've read every book. I've read every side book. I've read, I've watched the entire show multiple times. And I have spent the past uh, year or so blankly, blankly watching as, as JJ, roll by. JJ, JJ and another roommate of ours go on about Beetle, Beagle Brooks and, and Son of the 
fire lord duke it out over the 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 the, the throne of Gazendorf or some fucking shit. You just need to know there are wolves and there are dragons and that's it. Well, then I, I know everything I need to know about Game of Thrones because I already knew about that. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> see you next week.